Right now, Christians, conservatives, and freedom-loving Americans are being censored and abused by our cultural gatekeepers. Why? Because we don't fight back. Not anymore. Freedom of Creativity is a directory of creatives and businesses who value the American principle of freedom. If you've got talent, join Freedom of Creativity to connect with other like-minded creatives. You'll find creative projects to collab on and you can post your own dream project and recruit a team to make it happen. And if you're a business owner, list your company on Freedom of Creativity so we can build a directory of businesses that share our values. It is vital to speak with our wallets and sew into businesses that support freedom over censorship and cancel culture. Listeners, guys, you must take action to preserve the country you love. Founder Tim Columba needs your help. Freedom of creativity won't work unless people sign up and participate. Get listed and start rebuilding our culture today for free at freedomofcreativity.com. It's free to join and free to use. But if you upgrade and support Tim's fight for our culture as a fan of my show, the Rookie American podcast, Tim is giving listeners 50% off for life when you use the promo code L-I-S-S-E-T-T-E. Join today at freedomofcreativity.com, spread the word, and reach out to Tim Columba on social media at Freedom of Creativity US, where you can also watch his amazing videos. If you don't start influencing our culture, who will? The culture is in your hands. Welcome to the Rookie American Podcast. I'm your girl, Lisette Carter. This is going to be a great episode. We are going to be talking about election fraud. And for those of you that don't have that really just don't care anymore because we feel like 2020 was all like this just happened we just found out that joe biden's son did x y and z and we're waiting we're waiting for him to get arrested and nothing happens the stuff comes out about the clintons which came out back in 2016 waiting and waiting for them to get arrested nothing happens and i feel like 2020 was a whole waiting room area (laughs) where we just all of this stuff just started coming out and then all we did was just sit there and wait for it to come out especially the QAnon stuff that we saw every week they would release something new and it was like wait till Friday and we would wait till Friday and nothing would happen and so when every conservatives whether you're conservative or not whether you hate Donald Trump or you love him you've got you've got to agree with the fact that election integrity is important. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on. And for conservatives, for those of us that voted red, that voted for Trump in the 2020 election, we for sure knew that that was a shoe-in. We saw the other candidates. They sucked. Uh, we saw Joe Biden. We knew his track record. We knew he didn't do anything, the years, the career that he had in Congress, he didn't do anything. We knew his background. We knew his family was shady. We thought this was a shoe in. And then all of a sudden, bam, he's the president of the United States. And it was so mind blowing to see that actually happen. It was pretty discouraging because you feel like the vote, your vote matters. And then when the election integrity goes to crap, you feel like you don't have a voice anymore. Why would you even want to vote? So what what do we do in this case where we feel like we see all of the data, we see all of the fraud? I mean, people have seen videos from all of these other states. What do you do? What do you do? Why are people ignoring this? This is probably one of the most important um, discrepancies in American history where it matters. We're a republic. We're electing these people who are representing us. And those votes are either fraudulent or there's 
um, machine errors or people are infiltrating the machines or they're hacking them from other countries. Nobody knows what the real stories are. We're seeing these videos. People are saying that there's stamps on everything. So now they're rechat. We don't know. We don't know what's happening because 2020 has tormented us so much <laughs> that we don't know what to believe anymore. So for those of you that have lost hope, don't. Because today on the Rookie American podcast, we have the beautiful Tony Shoup from Pennsylvania <laughs> on. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, you're so sweet. <laughs> Tony and I actually go way back. She used to be a mentor of mine back, back in the day um, when we used to build business. We used to coach entrepreneurs, you know, in the line of work that we were in, I kind of had to tone it down just so that I could, you know, make sure that I could still mentor everybody. And that's just, that was just the nature of the business. You know, you couldn't be too much because then you would upset people. You couldn't just, you couldn't do that. And Tony actually mastered that with me. She helped me a lot in that area. Um, and so it was interesting to see, Tony has a background in, um, you're like a, an, a physicist, is that right? <laughs> an engineer, only on paper. An engineer on paper. She earned her way out of that with, a, she had a side income and she was able to create, a, surpass her income so that she could be a full-time mom, full-time wife. She could be free essentially. Um, and so, it was interesting to see you shift into this political spectrum, uh, which is now audit the vote in Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. Audit the vote PA.com. So tell us, tell the people, tell the people how that came about. So right around the time when COVID hit March of 2020, um, I was somebody that kind of just shut out the world. I never watched the news, um, have a good, strong Christian faith. And I just kind of kept my head down and lived in my own little bubble and raised my girls and read the Bible. And there was no, it wasn't Pollyanna, like thinking that, you know, just sweeping things under the rug, but I was taught through mentorship that you could choose to have victory in all your circumstances and you could make it through anything. And so that was the lens I viewed everything through. And I thought, I'm not watching the news. It's all negative. It's all drama. None of it's going to build me up or lift me up or help me get to where I'm going. So I just kind of shut the world out. And when COVID hit in March, 2020, I think regardless of how hard you tried to do that, you couldn't do that anymore. Right. I picked up my oldest daughter from school. I'll never forget. This is how I found out about this. I had no idea there was a virus. It's the middle of March. I pick her up from school. She has all her books in her backpack. She goes, bringing everything home because we might not be coming back to school. And I was like, what? For what? <laughs> there's this virus what virus is that what my mom was talking about on the phone where they're like trapped in Italy in their house or something and they're not like letting them out that was how I found out about COVID and so something just inside of me did not some alarm went off in the inside that said this doesn't sound right so I started reaching out to some trusted friends who had been posting things on their social media pages that I didn't quite understand. I was intrigued by, I didn't really understand. I reached out to them and said, Hey, can you send me some stuff? And they did. And of course I went down every rabbit hole from, you know, aliens to adrenochrome and everything in between. And <laughs> when I came up, I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't believe everything I read. I'm not a crazy conspiracy theorist, but clearly things are not what I thought. Mm -hmm. So that's how I actually got interested in politics. Cause I just started trying to understand. I could see that the COVID mess in my view at the time was more tied to elections and politics than it was really about our health. And I think a year later, that's been fully confirmed that it's way more about 
I don't think the government really cares at all about our health. There's way bigger agenda behind it. And um, I was at one of my entrepreneur weekend workshops in September of 2020, when there was a guest speaker there, his name is Rick Green. Mm-hmm. Rick Green owns a company called Patriot Academy. Lissette's probably heard of him and seen him many times in the past too. He's affiliated with David Barton. He was offering these free online classes for to learn the constitution because he threw out two statistics that were kind of disturbing. The first one he said was 70% of Americans today can't name the three branches of government. The second thing he said is over 80% of Americans can't name more than one. It's either one or two. Let's go with two because that's conservative. Two of the five freedoms listed in the First Amendment. And sadly, I fell into both of those categories. I remember sitting there thinking, First Amendment, is that the guns or is that our speech? What is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I took his course with a really good friend of mine, and we were so, so blown away and excited about the information we were learning. And we kind of had this light bulb, like the reason America is circling the drain is because a whole generation, maybe generations of people just haven't been taught our real history, our true foundation, and they definitely don't know the Constitution and our rights because you can't fight for something that you don't even know you have. So her and I registered together to be constitution coaches with Patriot Academy. We started hosting uh, constitution classes um, and we started really learning and studying. We've so far, we've put like almost a hundred people through these classes. They're amazing. Um, I highly recommend them. If you're clueless, like I was a year ago, that is a really good place to start. But so then getting back to how audit the vote came into play, I started following the election really closely. I learned a ton about the process. I always thought before, like, and if I'm talking too much, Lisette, just stop me and interject if no, you need to. You're good. I remember, I thought, you know, the first Tuesday in November, you vote. And then at the end of January, whoever wins gets inaugurated. And I had no idea there was this process that happens in between, which I think all of us got a pretty good education on. And I got like pretty heavy into it and really studying the strategy from November to December and what constitutionally, what paths did President Trump have to still get in the White House? And I really, really had hope and faith that there was a plan for that until we saw Joe Biden get inaugurated on January 20th. And if you're like me, that was a pretty big punch in the gut kind of, and a little bit of a rough week coming out of that. But just my my type A personality nature, that's like, I'm, I'm not a talker, I'm a doer, and something has to be done about this. There is absolutely no way this was free and fair, and we have got to look into it. And so my friend Karen and I, and we had developed relationships with a third girl at the time, her name is Jamie. We kind of collaborated together. It was first Karen and I, but Jamie jumped on board. We collaborated together to just try to do something in Pennsylvania. We knew our state wasn't, um, there was all kind of fraud and shenanigans just from even the people we had talked to that had seen things on election day at the polls and got it reported. And it's overwhelming the amount of fraud that there was that they're just trying to sweep under the rug. It's insane. So I, we wrote a letter, we started with writing a letter to our general assembly and we detailed out all of the irregularities, every single question that had gone unanswered from the votes flipping on CNN to more ballots cast than voters registered in pencil. It's a ton, it's still on the website and go look at it. And that's just where we started. We were gonna send a letter to the general assembly and we were gonna, our goal was to force them to audit, to answer these questions for us, fine. Joe Biden's in the White House, you, the other side got what they wanted. Now we want some answers to find out what happened so we make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's kind of how Audit the Vote PA was born. Fast forward today, I swore there were two things that I was never gonna do when I got into this political journey that I also didn't think I would be on a year ago today. I said, I'm not knocking on doors and I'm not fundraising. And those are the two biggest things we're looking at doing right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I, um, so, 
what's interesting is that when you look at the mainstream media and I don't, I, you know, we were taught not to watch the news that the head, it would be the headline. Like if it were important, you would see it on a headline on a newspaper and that's it. You don't need to know anything else. And that was great for the time that we were in because it really helped us grow um, into focus into what we were doing. We weren't, it eliminated all of those distractions and thank God, because the media now, the, the left-wing media now sees voter integrity or election integrity as, I mean, I think I heard maybe it was around the time when they were doing the Georgia stuff that it was part of, they were kind of comparing it to Jim Crow saying, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different things, but that to me was the most bizarre. If you don't know what Jim Crow is, Jim Crow was, an, his real name was also known as Thomas Dartmouth Rice. He was a New Yorker in 1808, who was a white actor who would paint his face as blackface um, and would act like he was a black dude. But when the term Jim Crow means segregation, like you're trying to segregate people from voting also known as well the way they would spin it is they would say well black minorities can't get ids specifically blacks they can't get ids in the inner city therefore if you're saying that people need ids to vote you're being discriminatory you're segregating <laughs> you're segregating and that to me is probably for someone to actually believe that is beyond me i don't even know how they were able to report that and so these are the kind of things that the left is reporting. I mean, you had said that, or I don't know if I can say this or not, but um, NBC had come to you for an interview and you were like, no, because they're probably going to make you look bad. They spin everything. Yeah. So, you know, those are some of the instances that, you know, it, it just makes sense. First of all, when we're talking about election integrity, if I have to show ID to buy alcohol, I mean, it, it, when I first moved to Central Mass, I would give them my ID to vote and they'd be like, no, no, you don't need that. And I'd be like, well, how do you know I'm me? I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand. Why, why don't you need my ID? And I literally show them my ID every time I go there because I'm like, why wouldn't you want my ID? And so that was like the first red flag that I'm like, this is weird. Um, the second is, I think it was in Pennsylvania, was it with domain? Did you guys have the domain voting issues there? Or no? Uh, when you say, what do you mean by the hack voting? that they hacked the the machines there? Is that they how? Did. Explain how you're, explain the discrepancies in Pennsylvania, because every state is a little bit different. Is different. So yeah, we've done, I mean, the discrepancies are outrageous, the number of discrepancies, but the biggest thing we've discovered, especially over the last couple of weeks, now that we're in touch with different data analysts like Dr. Doug Frank, um, we've been in touch with Bobby Pitton for anybody that follows him. I have another guy from New York who's been sending me data. We're finding out that the main problem in Pennsylvania was actually our voter roll database being electronic on the computer and hackable. And so there's five people in the state of Pennsylvania that are legally supposed to have access to our electronic voter rolls. And instead, it's more like 20 plus, maybe even 30 different organizations like Rock the Vote. You remember Rock the Vote? Yeah, from like MTV. <laughs> yes, from MTV. They would travel the country to spring breaks and different, you know, young people, let's get a free t-shirt. We'll right. register you to vote and all that stuff. And a bunch of other nefarious organizations that are attached to that. Some of them maybe even going back to the Clinton Foundation, 
Um, it's insane how many people have access to these voter rolls and they're able to get in there and change birth dates and addresses and names and do all kinds of crazy things. And so on Pennsylvania's end, that's what we're finding really made the biggest issue and the biggest difference. It wasn't as cool as Mike Lindell's absolute proof thing is to see the lines of the colors of votes that went overseas and oh my gosh, they switched them, they hacked in the machines. I think there's an element of that that happened, but for Pennsylvania, that wasn't the game changer. The game changer was the fact that our voter rolls are hackable and they were definitely hacked into. Uh, was Pen Pennsylvania was flipped blue, they would say because of Philadelphia, correct? They would say that, but here's an interesting thing that's just now coming out is that Montgomery County, um, there was a lady that ran a race in Montgomery County. Her name is Kathy Barnett. And I can only say this now because it is public. She had an inkling there was fraud in Montgomery County. And so she hired people to canvas to hit the ground and see what they could find. And they ended up coming out with 78,000 phantom voters just in Montgomery County. And what that means is when they, there's a ballot cast in a person's name who doesn't live at the address that that registered ballot came from. And so that is, I think in every state considered an illegal vote. Like it's not absentee. It's not that they live in Pennsylvania and they send an absentee. Like there was legitimate, somebody else filled out a ballot in that person's name because they were on our voter rolls. Again, this goes back to the voter roll issue because our voter rolls have not been cleaned up since 2002, I believe. In Pennsylvania, everybody that registered to vote has stayed on the voter rolls, whether they died, whether they moved out of state, they were on there. Wow. And so they had this huge, yeah. So they had this huge extra database that they somehow coincided with the census, the US uh, census from 2010, so that they would know kind of what buffer they had to play with in terms of we have these extra voters, but we can't have more ballots than we have population. So they were able to kind of coordinate that so that they that's how they did it without getting caught and why it took so long to actually catch because they were very good in, in how they did it. So the, way, the only way now to actually catch this and prove it is to canvas and find out who the do these mail-in ballots match the registered address that is on the registration that says they voted and it's really just a matter of time before that comes out and that's proven and it's it's going to shock everybody but it is happening so what can be done so after your you ought let's say you audit you're auditing the votes now what can be done because i've heard mike lindell who's the owner of my pillow for those of you that don't know he made a statement saying that in August, Trump would be back in office. And so again, 2020 destroyed our minds. So we don't, we don't know what to believe, but yes. you know, what, what, what happens now? So when you prove all of this, you know, I saw something that said that, I think it was, I don't know if it was like act 77, where the, the, the Supreme Court made a decision in Pennsylvania, but it did not pass through legislation for it to actually happen. And so it kind of got overridden. Can you explain that? Yeah, so Act 77 was actually passed back in 2019. And it was a wildly huge overhaul to our mail-in ballot process which a lot of the legislators right now are taking a lot of heat. And I get it. I understand why I agree. That should never have been passed. It's the biggest president. And this was before COVID. So think about it. You're on the biggest presidential election, perhaps in history, and you're going to upend an 80-year-old um, election law and completely revamp it. That just doesn't make much sense. But it is what it is. And they did it. And it, What's it the allowed... 
the law allows you talking about the specifics of the law yeah yeah it, it allows um people to be registered um it used to be 30 days you had to register 30 days prior to an election now you can do it 15 days prior to an election it allowed for ballot drop boxes to be placed all over the state and for 50 days prior to election day you could get a mail-in ballot and drop it in a ballot box like since when was election day more than like one day other than a right off you know chance so now you've opened up all these days that people can vote for um it also did something with the signature verification it allowed for no excuse mail-in balloting so this was pre-covid like they use covid as an excuse but this law passed actually before that that you could if you wanted to mail in your ballot you could you just apply online you get the ballot at home and and you mail it in um so let me think yeah the 30 days down to 15 ballot drop boxes everywhere allowing for 50 days prior to the election oh and they wanted to extend it prior to act 77 absentee ballots had to be in by the friday before the tuesday election and act 77 changed it to 8 p.m on election day and the big controversy behind the supreme court's decision in addition to them saying yeah we don't have to worry about postmark dates and we don't have to worry about signature verification they ruled that it was okay to accept ballots up to Friday after three days after the election took place. There's tons of discrepancy in that week what actually happened. Supposedly our, our Secretary of State who was Kathy Bookvar who has since mysteriously resigned for something that I don't think she really resigned for. Um, she was the one responsible for this. Supposedly she says they didn't count any mail-in ballots that came in after Tuesday because the court did end up ordering them not to, but based on the data we've seen, I don't think that's true at all. I think they were definitely counting ballots, especially since they didn't officially give Biden the state or flip it to him, I think until it was like Friday of that week. So After. it's an absolute madness. And this is happening in, um, this happened in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, and Arizona. Those were the states that we were waiting on to flip. At the end, we were like, what? I remember this, but we were like, why are we waiting after the election to know the results? I don't understand what's happening. And we we're just, cheating. <laughs> and it, we were just staring at the screen. And I think one of the reports was, oh, there was like a dump of votes that came in at one o'clock in the morning. I don't remember what state that was in. I want to say that was Pennsylvania. I think it's a lot of them. I think it's Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I don't think it's really one. I think there's several. There were dumps that happened and people were like, all of a sudden these, all these votes came in and then the state would turn. And we were just like, what, how is this even possible? And then all of the media that was coming out with, you know, I mean, it wasn't even the media, it was the internet, you know, that was blowing up with their, their videos and their evidence, which was insane. And nobody was doing anything about them. Um, so what happens now? What's the next what's the next step for you for audit the vote in PA? Well, I mean, our ultimate goal really is not to get Donald Trump back in the White House. If that happens, it's a bonus for us. Great, because we know I can say this now with full conviction. He won Pennsylvania. Full, I mean, I haven't been knee deep in the other states to see like for sure seen the data or had i can say for sure he won those other ones i suspect he did but in pennsylvania hands down there is absolutely no way the seventy-eight thousand phantom voters that go to kathy barnett um i mean his the victory they gave him in pennsylvania was only by eighty-one thousand votes you've got the seventy-eight thousand that are documented um affidavit verified phantom votes plus twenty thousand dead voters in pennsylvania i mean wow. do the math that right there is enough to be like no he did not legitimately win pennsylvania right. so 
Um, however, because we've discovered that the main problem is our electronic voter rolls, we are really trying to figure out moving forward, we have got to get back to paper books. We have to get all the voter registrations off of an online database where someone can access it, get it back to paper, get it to the individual precinct, and it needs to go somewhere where it does not leave that county's courthouse so that nobody other than who is supposed to have access to the voter rolls has access to the voter rolls. So that's going to be a tall task. It's not mm. going to be easy. Um, and we're in the process right now of just gathering that data so that people that has that is the only logical conclusion on both sides once they see how much fraud actually took place and it's proven, you know, with actual canvassing and boots on the ground. So that's really our next step is to um, to get that that information gathered and get it out there for the public so they can see it so we can safeguard things moving forward. Now, one way I would I encourage everybody really not to get um, hung up on dates. You know, Mike Lindell says Donald Trump will be back in the White House in August. I mean, maybe, I hope he's right, but here's how this can legally and constitutionally play out. Yes, is, is that possible? Yes. I don't know if it's likely, if it's unlikely, I have no idea. But the way that it could happen is this. If fraud is proven beyond a reasonable doubt in at least three of the swing states that we suspect Donald Trump legitimately won that were given to Joe Biden, like Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. There's those five. If three of those five states prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the state went to Donald Trump, there are laws within the, some of those states that they can recall their electors because it's fraud. Everyone's like, well, it's past January 20th. Well, yes, but there is no like date on fraud. There's no statute of limitations on fraud and cheating. And if that's proven, um, and every state's a little bit different, but there can, um, they can, the legislators can write laws or in some cases, maybe the governor, if he's not totally corrupt, they can recall their electors, which would essentially put, if three states do that, that will put Joe Biden below the 270 electoral votes that he would need to be given the White House. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to the 12th Amendment of the Constitution, which says that nobody got to 270. So every state's going to get one vote per state for the president. And we have way more red states than blue states. So do the math, figure that out. That is a legitimate legal constitutional way that he could get um, back where, where I believe he belongs, you know, his rightful place. But I'm not, again, like we saw last year, like you said, we thought this is going to happen and it didn't, and this is going to happen. In it. And we went on this roller coaster. I don't know about you, but January 20th, I said, I'm off the roller coaster. That's it. Yeah. I'm digging my, <laughs> I'm digging my heels in. I'm going to figure out what can I control? Cause we were taught Lissette years ago, right? You can control two things, your own actions and your own attitude. And that's yeah. it. And I decided to focus on that instead. I'm going to control what I can control and give the rest to God and everything's going to be okay. And I've just been buried into this audit ever since raising awareness. Our petition is gaining so much steam and so much traction. I think we're probably over 24,000 pushing it, looking at 25,000 signatures right now. Um, and the petition is really um, just awareness. We just want to have, you know, when we talk to our legislators, we're on conference calls with legislators and data analysts and all different people. And when we tell them we have this petition, it's just, it's credibility that they can't ignore. It just gives them more of a reason to feel like, hey, there's all these people behind this. If as legislators, we don't act, they want to get reelected. And mm -hmm. the more numbers they have something that's for something that they don't do, they know that that threatens their, um, their chances of getting reelected. Wow. That was so informative. <laughs> it really was. I, that was, and it was, you described it in a way you, you informed us on how to do it, what to do and what the next steps were. That's amazing. Yep. I mean, that's why I'm but doing don't the podcast. Attached, <laughs> don't get attached to dates. 
<laughs> you can't just sit around and do nothing right now. You know, you have nope. to be as vocal as you can. And you have to make sure that people not only know the truth. I mean, no matter how much we're ostracized for it, at the end of the day, we answer to God. We don't answer to anybody, any of these people. So, I mean, absolutely. Wow. And I love as conservatives, Lisette, we get called racist. You know, you're you're brown, right? I'm I white. Get called racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not a racist just because I'm a white woman. I have friends of every color. <laughs> it, you know, it's unreal. The, you know, there. It. I just. I hope people see this on, you know, the, especially the old Democrats, like the JFK Democrats, the con, like the conservative ones, that they understand that these, the people of today, the left, they want everything to be inclusive. They want everything to be fair. But the moment that you disagree with them, insults, insults, insults. And I hear it all the time. I get it all the time on my personal pages where I'm a racist, I'm a race traitor, I mean, my family <laughs> at one point didn't really care to talk to me and that's fine, but you know, it just proves that we're doing the right thing. We're doing the things that are biblical. We're standing up those guys in the old, the new Testament, they didn't just sit around and do anything. They would get thrown in jail and then they would go right back out and preach the gospel. They told the truth, you know what I mean? And so that's our responsibility as, um, Christian fire Christians. Cause there's a lot of Christians out there that are just twiddling their thumbs right now you know lukewarm that's one of my my latest pet peeves as a lukewarm christian amen to that girl and they don't they don't read their bibles you sit in there and you're you say they're christians but they're not reading it and that's probably one of the biggest problems in america right now it's why we are where we are yep. satan has infiltrated uh quietly so yep, every aspect you're what better off reading the book of revelations to find out what's going to happen than you are watching the news Yes, a hundred percent. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I know it was, you know, it's quick, but it's, it's important that people know that if you feel empowered to do something and there's something in your gut, go figure out a way how to do it. Tony's never done this before. She probably didn't know you had a Google. I, I had a Google everything that I'm doing. How do I do a podcast? How do I write a book? How do I, you know what I mean? I have to Google all that stuff. I'm pretty sure you had to do the same thing at some point, right? Oh yeah. And the two partners, I mean, the three of us were like the three musketeers that are working together. We are, we're putting so much, I don't even want to track how much time and effort I'm putting into this. Cause obviously it's on our own dime. We're investing our own money. We're just now starting to fundraise. We've gotten, we have amazing support from people all over the state. I have a guy that just donated a hundred yard signs and a hundred t-shirts to us so that we could sell to start fundraising. Cause we do have meetings with lawyers. We're going to have to get a lawyer. We don't know exactly what direction that's going to go, but even for our own protection, like we're starting to get threatened now with people that, you know, want to stop us from what we're doing. So we definitely have to get a lawyer involved and the support is absolutely overwhelming, but it is, it's, it's been a lot of work. I mean, I homeschooled my three kids. My elderly mom lives with me. Who's not in the best shape. I'm married. I have a husband I have to take care of and a house. And well, my house is really the way I'm able to do this. Cause my house looks like a bomb went off like 24 seven. So <laughs> just kids get dressed, pick off the pile of clean clothes. You'll be fine. So, um, but yeah, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of effort, but I, it's all, it's all we really think about right now. We just securing the future for our kids. I have three kids. I refuse to not do something to leave them in a country with the free, same freedoms that we were able to grow up in and enjoy. And it is on a fast track right now to socialism and communism if we don't get involved. And I'm just not okay with that. Right. Exactly. That is, that's, that's my jam right there. The socialism aspect. I, 
I eat that up. I want to make sure that we are, because at the heart of socialism is to get rid of God, to get rid of Christianity. And that has slowly crept into the U.S. They couldn't come in here guns blazing like they did in China and Russia. They had to do it yep. the intellectual way. Um, so I, I hear that. I'm with you. Um, let's, let's get that done and over there in Pennsylvania. That's, that's going to be interesting to watch. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm excited. You know you're going the right way when you're starting to get death threats. I'll tell you. <laughs> we're not death threats. We're getting threats of being sued just for oh. apparently. <laughs> no, no death threats yet, but I've heard those are coming. So yeah, know, we're you're covered. You're covered. <laughs> but thank you, Tony. Let the people know where they can find you and they can donate. Um, you can go to our website, auditthevotepa.com. Um, right now we don't have a donate button on there yet, but we're getting there. We also have a telegram channel. We have a Facebook page. Our whole thing is if you just get on everything and look up audit the vote PA, that's where we are. Um, telegram, Facebook, and our website are probably the three best places to go for information. Now, if you're not in Pennsylvania, can you still sign that, peti that petition? How does that work? Is that just for residents? No, we, we opened it up. Um, we got a big surge of questions when Patrick Byrne actually shared our Telegram channel uh, a week or two ago, and we got a huge burst of signatures. The, in the beginning, we wanted only Pennsylvania residents because we didn't want the legislators or the courts to be able to say, well, you don't have standing because most of these signatures aren't Pennsylvanians. But after we got like over 10,000 of them are Pennsylvania, and even still today, I would say of the 24, 25,000 signatures we have, 90% of them are Pennsylvania. We're now comfortable opening it up to the rest of the country because we have such a majority of Pennsylvanians that we're okay that, you know, we didn't want the courts to say that you don't have standing with this because people aren't Pennsylvania. That's what they tried to say during the, during the election. But now, yes, it is open to anybody and everybody. However, we'd still prefer Pennsylvania. So if you know people in Pennsylvania that are concerned about this, absolutely circulate it there first. That's first and foremost, but anybody is welcome to sign it at this point too. Cool. Thank you, Tony, for coming on. I appreciate you. I miss you. I know. It's so good to see you. Good to see you too. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in and make sure you audit the vote PA.com. There you go. Bye.